everybody, it's Matt from The Discussion 5. That's right, your favorite host. I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> here to tell you about uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. You want to find the Hockey Podcast Network at The Hockey Podcast Network. That is every team, everywhere. That's right. Hockey Podcast Network is bringing you podcasts from every NHL team and some bonuses. You can find Terry Ryan's podcast, Tales with TR. He is the former Montreal Canadiens first-round draft pick, as well as Ice Analytics podcast, which comes to you every Friday. The Hockey Podcast Network continues to grow. You should grow with it. The Hockey Podcast Network. That's thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. And, of course, every team, everywhere. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 44 of, what do we call it again, the Discussion 5. Got uh, got some heat, actually, from the other podcasts that I was uh, part of a kind of a pre-trade deadline jumble uh, Sunday night. Uh, they... They gave they gave it back to us, Mike. They they questioned the idea of us actually being called the Discussion Five. Uh, <sighs> what's funny is I am so it's so ingrained in my head. I was like, how do you not get it? Like because it's the Discussion Five where the brothers of discussion talk the five most pressing matters for the Detroit Red Wings every Monday and Thursday morning. I like I remember we used to, I, I used to question it when we first started, but now it's so just. You know, we say it twice a week now, but now it, it didn't even occur to me that that was a thing anymore. Like when we, you know, we take it from the Russian five, so obviously referencing five different humans. Anyway, two of the humans talking to you are myself, uh, Matthew Clink. That's at Clinkmet. My brother at Michael underscore Clink. Hello. By the show at Bod Hockey. What? I was just saying hello because you said my name. Oh, I thought you said uh oh. And then uh, find our other show, the Brothership Discussion. It's a wrestling podcast. You can find our. Tw- our Twitter at BOD Podcast. It's actually getting pretty hot right now since we're both watching NXT and AEW. Uh, you can find all of our podcast episodes at uh, BODpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Join the uh, live Facebook group uh, as the uh, live wrestling discru- discussion brought to you by BODpodcast.com. And uh, we have a joint Instagram account that's both Red Wings and uh, pro wrestling, mostly pro wrestling. It is brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Uh, we're also here because of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere, that's the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, including shows uh, besides uh, every hockey team. You've got Tales with TR, hosted by Terry Ryan at Terry Ryan 20 is producer Mike Hickey at Hickey, Mike. Terry Ryan's former Montreal Canadiens first-round draft pick, talking about the sport of hockey, bringing on various guests, shares his tales of life, and professional hockey career. Uh, and then my new favorite show, sorry, Terry Ryan, uh, the Ice Analytics Podcast every Friday. Go check it out. That is reason enough. I'm telling you what reason number one, I should say, is BOD Hockey. That's uh, Discussion 5 you're listening to now. Reason number two to su- subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network is the Ice Analytics Podcast. Uh, a ton of great information, at least uh, for me, uh, for someone that's been diving headfirst into uh, hockey analytics for a while. It's uh, it's a great 
opportunity for you to start thinking about how you want to experiment with numbers and what are the different things you want to look at. So even if it's just something you're getting a refresher, uh, those are the kind of thoughts that are popping in my head. So I, I highly recommend that show. Um, Mike, whoo, we have, uh, we have some, we have a lot, we have a fuck ton of news. Jesus. Uh, we've got <laughs> for the discussion 17. Yeah. What a couple we, of days. I, I, we actually have like some, some extra notes here that I wrote and then I went, Oh, right. We got to talk about this. And Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Um, we've got trade talk. We've got some gossip. Uh, we've got some Steve Eiserman quotes. Um, we've got some. 2020 draft conversations uh double a already played his first game with edmonton he's playing game number two tonight uh mike he's the greatest thing ever uh the, the greatest thing to happen to hockey oh. anyway well how did he get over to edmonton mike because we traded him we got uh Swap two second round two second round picks and a sam gagne <laughs> uh honestly mike i uh and and, and actually this is Two trades with uh, with Mr. Ken Holland. I I, I want to go over the only misstep I saw, but um, Andreas, uh, I I guess I say it like a bunch of different ways because I was also called out on that on that note. Uh, but Athanasiu and uh, Mike Green sent over to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, so that's a fourth rounder this year. Could be a third rounder next year if Mike Green helps them make it to the conference finals and plays fifty percent of the games. And uh, we get Kyle Brodziak's corpse, uh, and I, I state it that way because he will not be playing a single game. He is uh, Edmonton's version of Johan Franzen. So, <clears throat> Mike, a couple of draft picks for this year, uh, maybe maybe two next year, but uh, also uh, uh, I think I think the main the main conversation here is the two second rounders for Double uh, A and and Sam Gagne, and I, I just honestly. I I don't know what people are thinking uh, when they look at Athanasiu, what his production is. Like, think about his production offensively, and then think about how terrible he's been defensively this year. Um, I I don't know if you want to have, like, if, if the argument is getting into what the market looked like because of what other teams were trading for other players, but... You also got to remember, it's just those are other players. Those were also not the Edmonton Oilers. So it, there's, the conversation is completely different. There's a relationship between Steve Eiserman and Ken Holland. And I, I'm sure that the two of them probably had conversations about, you know, I'm not going to fuck you over. You're not going to fuck me over. Let's just do something. Let's go evensies here. Let's go halvesies. And I, I'll sum it up this way. Mike, I'm happy. I don't know how you could be unhappy with this because Double uh, A is at the point in his career now where uh, this contract will involve his decline, uh, like his his the restricted free agency that's that's coming up for him or this this new contract signing at the end of this season um, that will involve the first year statistically. Uh, that would include his his decline, his you know scoring less, uh, the, his speed decreasing, yeah. like all of that. So, what what was going through everybody's head? I I just don't know, Mike. I mean, Matt, you and I, I joked about it all day that day. I, I first of all, feel? we were right. We were right all Woo! along. Yeah. Hey. got him on the horn and said, "Hey, McKenny, what do you think of Anthony S.U.?" I, I, I don't- <laughs> 
I, I don't think too highly of him. Oh, really? I, I have him right here. Uh, Andreas, come here. Guess who's on the phone? Yeah, it's Ken Holland. He wants to trade for you. Yeah, he thought you were worth two third-round picks. And I said, no way. Two second-round picks. Isn't that right, Ken? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, the Iser plan comes to fruition, man. And he swindles the old man on day one, his first trade deadline as a Red Wing GM. I love this move. Um, I love it because we're right. I love it because we got more value than Andreas is probably worth. Um, and Andreas is probably going to, you know, inflate his value a little bit, play next to, you know, some of the greatest players in the in, in hockey right now. Um, you know, I'm talking about Dreisaitl. Uh, he's gets <laughs> to be – I could probably get a goal. He could probably shoot bucks off my head, and he'd get an assist, and I'd get credit for the goal. That's what's going to well, happen. He's got. He's actually. He's lucky enough to play with Connor McDavid. That was his his first game. They. I mean, oh. they they put him on the well, first line. It's oh not even. My. They it didn't did, mess oh, around. They didn't. Uh, they didn't make him earn it. He already got the first line, huh? Well, you know, I, I just. It's the the one thing that I always, it always baffles me is that these teams they always trade with people they're familiar with. Uh, it kind of transcends throughout. You know, in Detroit sports for basketball, baseball, you know, hockey. Remember the Tigers would only trade with, like, the Padres for, like, five years in a row? Um, Every trade deadline, you could count on us giving up somebody to San Diego. Um, And now the Red Wings are in bed with the Oilers. Uh, I just – you know, we got something for Andreas. Uh, We've seen some of the other sports teams in Detroit really have an issue getting any type of value for their, you know, uh, fringe stars. Um, And, you know, I'm talking about like Castellanos. I'm talking about Andre Drummond. Uh, You know, they had to outright release people like, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh, And now, you know, Iserman with FNSU, who's, I've already used two pronunciations and it's only five sentences in. He's he's a known he's known that his contract is ending. It's known that he can't play any defense. Uh, his numbers offensively are down. You'd you'd think on a wide open, talentless team, they just let the leash off. He's still not scoring, and somehow we swindled Edmonton out of a couple second round picks. Uh, Matt, I know you're not you know uh, strapping a rocket to the Red Wings with the acquisition of Sam uh, is it Gagne and Kyle. Yeah. Brodziak, Brodziak, Um, but, you know, we saw Fabry turn, you know, Weiserman, you know, dug his hands into a used diaper and pulled Fabry out of it, and now he's got got a couple first-round, former first-rounders. I can paint a better picture for Sam Gagne. It's it's just that now we have have a right-handed stick. Bob Ross. What? I said oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Let's see that. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that picture. Uh, Let's see some got, pretty little uh, Brodziaks. He's got? got a right-handed stick that is pretty rare for uh If for he the gets a goal games. in his first game, I'm going to have a right-handed stick, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, about 30% of, of his points come on the power play, and we're talking about, you know, I, I mean, he's a lot older. I think he has, like, 20, 12 points in, like, uh, 35 games this year. So it's not like we brought him on and he's going to change anything for us. But if we talk about a problem area that needs some help, uh, having Sam Gagne isn't really going to hurt. That's a guy that at least can come in with uh, a ton of background, a ton of experience on the power play. And again, uh, for a guy who scored, uh, you you look at his point totals, he's got over 300 points in over 500 games. 
uh, three points every five games, not bad. Uh, but of course, to take that a step further and say almost 30% of those points have come on the power play, I, I think that's that at least is, is going to help us fill some sort of void. Uh, he's our little void filler, at least on the power play and in, and at least in, in regards to having a right-handed stick. Um, and, and it's something, too, I would have never, like, pegged to be a part of this trade and uh for the wings i i I just i like it i i like getting sam gagne over here and i i knew that athanasio is gonna leave uh i just i don't know there's not much else to say about this but i think i think the next portion uh well actually no let me say one more thing i i am sort of curious what happened with two trades to edmonton and mike i we talked about it a little bit, but I would have tried to get a little bit more out of Edmonton by maybe packaging Mike Green and Andreas together, and then I I might even send them a pick just to see if we could get another first rounder. Um, that that's kind of I don't know, like that that's kind of where my head's at. I know we have a lot of holes to fill. I just I wonder what you think about that. I mean, uh, like. You could kind of take that perspective. You could take it to any sport, and I think it, except for baseball, it works. Like, let's try and get as high a pick as possible because the further down you go, it's like you've got that less than one percent chance that you're getting a game changer. Uh, but it's it's at least you can get over one percent in the first round. So just kind of you know play playing those numbers there. And is there an exact science? Absolutely not. Uh, but it it just kind of feels like I. I might have tried that, and what Ken Holland could have turned around and said was, "Hey, we we expect to do well this year, so this pick wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be, you know, uh, it's not going to be a lottery pick. Uh, we're kind of thinking deeper into the playoffs. That's why he's making these moves. Uh, so that's how he sells it to his fan base, and then maybe we turn around and and give him, you know, one of our already existing second round picks, or maybe a pick for next year." Um, yeah, it's, that, it's that's kind of where my head was at. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, we're not in the room with Steve, you know, and he's making these calls to see how the negotiations are going. Um, <laughs> and you just wonder if he's just playing these other teams against Holland and he just ended up getting what he could. Because uh, I think collectively in Detroit, uh, you know, outside of some really optimistic people, I, I don't think there's a lot of value in either of these two guys at this juncture. And it, it really feels like a win right now to get what he got. Um, yeah, because we, I mean, we were even joking. I mean, think about Mike Green. We we talked about a seventh rounder. So, I yeah. mean, a, a fourth rounder was pulled in, and and folks are. are I mean, he's and, been, he's he's on the he's on the downward slope. He's injured. He's old. Uh, I mean, and to get anything for him is is a win. Yeah, it, it's there's definitely always you know we're in that we're in the the zone right now where you could break it down in any way and go well we'll we'll retain you know half of Mike Green's salary and we'll still take Kyle Brodziak and then and then uh, here's Double A so can we please have a first rounder like there's there's so many games we could play but you're you're right like this is the world we live in now and I think I think it is a, a victory so I I think uh, the next point to talk about was uh, wait before why? you. What I yeah, what I wanted yeah, to do yeah. is uh, just stay with the picks. Uh, I wanted to skip to your your point here. Ten picks in twenty twenty. Oh, I was listening to uh, uh, Daniels and uh, Mickey Redmond talk about that. Um, you know the Red Wings hoarding picks. They, I, yeah, 
uh, oddly enough, they don't have the most picks in 2020. I think it's Montreal has like 14 or something like that. But well, Ottawa's really racking them up too. They've got uh, their three first rounders now, and they have Woo! the potential to have the first and the second pick. Nice. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, hmm. I guess. I mean, they have they have the quantity. Uh, <laughs> they don't have Ottawa's potentially one and two. You know, in the draft. Uh, coming up is this Matt do you like this Iser plan uh to just get you know as many lottery tickets as possible or do you kind of wish that they could you know ideally you know try to bundle these up into a better pick because I I don't think you're going to talk anybody into taking well we got uh four third rounders if you want to give us one of your first rounders Oh boy, three, four third rounders. I'm in. Yes, sucker. Woo! <laughs> like that's not going to go for anybody. So what you end up doing is you have to bundle them with people and get, you know, maybe, oof, maybe a contract somebody doesn't want, something like that. Uh, what do you, what do you kind of see for these draft picks? Because I, I think Redmond said you only get what fifty-two contracts, something like that. Well, I mean, are you going to add 10 people, you know, to this roster? Hell yeah. Um, well, I mean, there, there's still the potential too to draft some of these guys and then they stick around, uh, in juniors or go play some college hockey. So not, you, you, we won't have to be too concerned about everyone. And then of course we've got, uh, Toledo and Grand Rapids to throw some bodies around. So the, 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 uh, the butter can be spread over quite a few different pieces of bread. Uh, but I really like what you just said because Steve Eiserman kind of hinted at this where he said uh, there's a lot of trades still on the table and he could either make the trade now or he could do it at the uh, uh, during the draft. So I like what you just said by packaging some some draft picks and one of our players to make sure that we get another first round draft pick. And I think that's where that I mean, are, are like, do you do you spin it and say that it's that means we're going deeper into the um, what do I want to say here? Um, the actual draft number. So w- w- we don't know what anybody's draft number is going to be yet. But right. at that point, when you're trading with a shitty team, you're not going to trade them. And and I'm just going to throw it out there so everybody get mad at me, but. You're not going to trade an Anthony Mantha to a <coughs> shithole right now because their season's done. And if anything, they might want to just tank as hard as we're tanking to have as good a chance as possible to get the first pick. I mean, nobody's getting that. Uh, nobody's getting that eighteen point five percent, but us. Uh, but uh, I just mean once once you get into uh, you get to learn what everybody's actual pick is going to be. You get to learn what your own pick's going to be. Uh, maybe that's what Steve Eiserman was kind of hinting at was that that situation is going to change and there were trades that he does want to make or at least offer, but right now it's just not the right time. And I wonder if that's sort of the idea of it. He, he wants another first round pick, but he's going to have to, you know, he's collecting all these second round picks. So we've got two in the, uh, three in the second, two in the third. Uh, and then we just round it off with, uh, one pick each round, uh, depending on how Mike Green does with the Edmonton Oilers, but then one pick each round going in f- uh, four, five, six, seven, which I, I would say that's, I'm fine with that. Please, God, don't try and get more picks at the end at the end of the draft. Right. But um, absolutely. I think, I think there's opportunities here to trade uh, rights for certain players. Uh, I still think Robbie Fabry's part of that discussion. I, I just think 
again, uh, we talk, we've been talking about it all season. I, I don't know if I could sit here and say there's absolutely one guy who should not be traded away from this team because we really are just that bad. This team is a collection of not amazing hockey players, right? There isn't a single Connor McDavid on here. That's that's where I sort of draw the line. I guess, you know, you could obviously the, the equivalents that are out there are the Sidney Crosbys. Um, but uh, I just, we don't, Mike, we just flat out do not have that on the team. So we don't have to worry about possibly losing it. Right. Um, I, just, I think it's really scary to think that if Eiserman's really assessing the talent on the major league roster and then the minors it's like whoo it's so bad that he's willing to punt and kick out like you know 10 12 griffins and replace them with these guys you know he's drafting this year that means a rebuild could really take about you know four or five more years while he waits for all these guys that he's drafting now to like catch up and be ready to play at the nhl level Woo! well that's uh that's a tough one to swallow um I hope he's just getting lottery tickets. I, I hope it doesn't look that bleak to him as a talent assessor of yeah. talent, you know, as a, as a general manager. Oof. That's uh, ooh, what's uh, Ooh, that's just, oh, yeah, I, like- I think it's just hitting me now as I'm saying it. Like, <laughs> yikes. What's well, uh, uh, wow. We're both saying, I just realized how we even use the same transitions. All right. Let, I want to jump into, this thought that came up from Eric Engels, uh, of, of, who's a writer in Montreal. Uh, this is a, an anonymous source, mind you. So uh, a lot of you have probably already seen this quote, uh, who are Red Wings fans. Um, you got to figure the podcast listeners, right? They're the hardcore Red Wing fans. Uh, so Eric Engels, this is about Athanasiu. This is him reporting this at, I think, 1 o'clock on uh, deadline day, about one thirty. So here we go. These young guys come in. And uh, yeah, let me back up. Let me back up. Forget I just said anything. This is a current Detroit Red Wing. Engels says he got this out of the Detroit Red Wing a week before the trade deadline. Yeah. So I guess it, in in his research, maybe there was a possibility Montreal was going to take double a i don't know why he's asking about this but he asks about double a and he gets this anonymous quote from a current detroit red wing who you know now we're we're gonna try and figure out who it was but uh here it is these young guys come in and think it's all about the highlights we've all talked to him try to get him to understand how to be successful but he doesn't want to listen it's all up to him now if I had his speed, I'd go around everyone, but he just wants to go through giveaways. Going to end up minus 45. Whew! Damn. some shade. Woo. Hell yeah. Um, Mike, this is one of my favorite quotes of all time, uh, and I wish that someone had just gone to the paper and said this. <laughs> um, now, first of all, I let me get this one out of the way. Uh, when I posted this uh, on Twitter... There was a lot of talk about whether or not this was real. Uh, I th- I think what we need to say is um, you always got to keep these anonymous quotes at arm's length because I, what are you going to do? Like, I, he, he really doesn't have to prove anything. <laughs> right. And it this is a very juicy quote. You know, it just doesn't feel like what a hockey player would say. But 
I'm going to say, I think it's real. And plus, it's more fun to pretend it's real. So this is real. <laughs> I just, and and look at, look at the quote too. Like we've been watching Red Wings games all season. And we also have the statistics of double uh, A to look at. I, is there a lie here? This is exactly what we see. There was, um, there, everybody was, uh, was diving deep and hard on double A when he, uh, he broke through one of the teams who were playing their, uh, their, they were playing sort of like a tight trap around the, uh, uh, around the blue line. And yeah. what I saw was a guy just to this quote where go around him, you're fast, go around him. And he went through the middle of three defenders. Now we ended up scoring, but he turned the puck over, Mike, that, that goal Shouldn't have been, I mean, that was him getting lucky and I think he got an assist on it, but that was essentially exactly what this player's talking about. Why go in the middle and turn the puck over just because you want to like dipsy doodle around everybody and put a, put a, put the puck in the net instead of playing more like a team. I mean, it feels, it feels like I'm, I'm <laughs> reading like quotes from the mighty ducks, but, uh, here we are. We're talking about a professional hockey team, and we're talking about uh, one of our veterans kind of calling out Double A and kind of making me feel better too about him him leaving the team. So, what do we do with this quote, Mike? Uh, first of all, this was definitely Justin Abdulkader. Uh, I can't think of a guy who you know at this point he's he's got to throw around some shade because he's not I doing just, so great. And... Yeah, I, I just think of uh, Clarence Beaks uh, getting tricked in uh, uh, trading places when that envelope's just thrown in a parking garage and somebody's wearing a – it's Eddie Murphy. Remember wearing the uh, the trench coat and the hat? Yeah. Ah, see, this is about Andreas. He's a minus 45. See, he's a bag of garbage. You know, and he just slides the, the fake uh, stock reports over yeah. Um, I I don't really know who this was. I I just it's not really wrong. It doesn't you know like come off like my God that's such an unfair assessment of Andreas. <laughs> I think it's really like the evidence for how real this is is he's on another team. Uh, I I don't think it's really a secret about you know who players are a fan of you know in the locker room who, um. You know, who gets the support, who's like, ah, you know, he's just learning and who is, you know, kind of being a stubborn mule and is not taking these lessons to heart, especially in a season where you're not going to the playoffs. So if anything, all you have to do is work hard and, you know, have a, a willingness to, to learn, to improve and, you know, change your habits, you know, while we're in this 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 growth growth time. Um, and clearly somebody was not taking that to heart, uh, didn't think that they had any growing to do. Um and now they're gone. This is not somebody that they were willing to invest cap space in. Uh, this is not somebody that they felt would benefit from being on this team in the future, eating up valuable space, uh, roster space, and cap space. Um, if anything, if if you could say that Iserman would say this, then he's gone. And obviously, he has a lot of giveaways. He's somebody who you know did not make defense a priority. Uh, you know, didn't really defense as a forward means that you give a hoot about the team. And this is clearly somebody who didn't give that hoot. And so now he's going to go play in another city. I, the Mike, that is actually, I, I wish you had jumped on, uh, on Twitter. Cause I saw you liked the tweet 
I didn't see you jump in, but that is like the best point I've I heard. Uh, and and there were a ton of ton of ton of uh, ton of cheeps, you know, cheep 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 cheep, uh, going on uh, while while people were giving their two cents on this quote. But hearing you say, could Steve Eiserman say this? Um, would he say it? That's another question. He would could never he say, say it? it. Could, could he, he have exactly? Yeah, that that is such a great point. Um, and and again, uh, there's still that idea too, like of, of an Eric Engels. I don't know him personally, uh, but as as sports writers go, and especially us as a couple of wrestling fans, we know how uh, how it can be to just <laughs> throw out some bullshit so that people are open up, will open up your website or you know follow those links. But um, I I still yeah I think I think that point right there is almost like does it really matter? If it, if somebody actually said this, I think I think this is just calling out like uh, uh, calling a spade a spade kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but that that is a fantastic point. Um, but again, I, I think it makes me even feel a little bit better. I, I I wonder too, Mike. Does selfishness for you is that are we old fuddy duddies? Am I an old fuddy duddy? That that's something that that really sticks in my craw. Like I I am not a fan of uh of knowing that there's a guy who's who's playing selfishly who's not listening to uh suggestions of how to be better you know like like that that's the kind of thing that really irks me i i am i am i an old fart or or do you do you still like is there is there some guy who could be so great that you just let it slide or or do you still you know like you're like seeing that guy out there who's just kind of half-assing it talent maybe can get him by how do you feel? I feel that anybody who uses the phrase fuddy-duddy is probably a fuddy-duddy. Uh, All right, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I, you know, sorry. You're, what, did you, what did you want me to respond to? I, I blacked out after fuddy-duddy. Oh, my God. I... I <laughs> Well, what I wanted to know, Jesus, maybe you are too old, uh, too. I, I wanted to know, are, are we just too old? Like, do we, do I need to just, like, reanalyze how I, I, I look at somebody's effort and just go, yeah, but if he's going to score a goal, don't worry about it. Or is that still, do we need to still care about effort? Do we still need to care about effort? Uh, Yes. Well, here's here's the point. Here's why I'm asking. Yeah. Because when you go on Twitter, everybody's making the point that you need you need goals to come from somewhere. This is the argument that we should have held on to Double A. Uh, we should have thought about giving him, you know, a contract extension, moving out, move, making sure his career continues with the Red Wings. So just to sort of explain it that way, I'm saying that when I hear this, I wanted him even less. And you and I were talking about trading him back in october um so now i want him even less is that just me being an old fart or uh is that is that still like status quo am i oh yeah i don't i don't think that's a dated perspective to think that you know you're getting more value trading him than keeping him i don't i don't think that's the case at all so there you go cool all right another quote (laughs) steve eiserman uh actually taking our side on on another point here uh everybody's been calling for blashless head um and you and i have have kind of taken the stance of like what's the point uh but steve eiserman took kind of 
uh, took it a step further and, and said it's actually unfair to judge Jeff Blashill. Now, Jeff could get fired tomorrow, and then all of this means nothing. But yeah. I, I, I do, I do like at least that he's trying to stamp out this, you know, this tiny little flame that's trying to burn down an entire forest. Uh, that would be Jeff Blashill's forest. Uh, I, I still don't get it. I think there's so many things wrong with this organization and Jeff Blashill having to coach this dog shit team. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's the first thing that I'd get rid of is the coach. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like um, you've, you've said it before, Mike, when, when a team's awful, it seems like the coach gets tossed in the garbage. And when a team's fantastic, we start looking at the players that got them there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty thankless job. Um, a little bit like being a goalie. Uh, <laughs> they only notice the mistakes. Um, yeah, I think Eiserman, what he's doing is he's getting uh, 10 draft picks, Matt, to completely clean house, uh, both you know at the NHL level and uh, the minor leagues. So he clearly does not see a lot of value in the way talent was assessed uh, with the previous regime. So if that's the case how could you possibly think that the coaching is to blame? Um, you, you, like you, you, you can polish a turd, but that doesn't mean you can turn the turd into a diamond. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think that this is something that Blaschel isn't capable of. I don't think any coach is capable of taking some of these guys and, you know, putting them on the next level. So Iserman has clearly decided, you know, you and I have talked about uh, the control, you know, the, the control of an experiment. And honestly, you know, uh, the guys who've left this team are, are not really, you know, uh, all world beaters. They're, you know, average at best. So I, I think what he's doing is let's see how he coaches guys that I handpick. Let's see how he, you know, is able to transform these guys that I know are talented. So right now I, I think that he's, you know, he's, he's trying to play poker with, you know, uh, you know, a two, a five, you know, and they're all the wrong suit. Like he, he doesn't know there's, there's no winning with this hand. You, you, nobody could, nobody could do this. You know, the Scotty Bowman's couldn't do this. This is, this is just beyond, this is beyond human capability, Matt. This would, this is beyond the Avengers. Nobody could coach this team to victory. Um, it's not, it's, that's not the issue. Captain America couldn't lace them up and inspire this team into a playoff championship. And that's saying a lot because, I mean, Captain America, you know, bled some people in, in, you know, leather and tights against the almighty Thanos. So that's, that's Weiserman's, <laughs> that's what he's demonstrating to me. Uh, he's demonstrating that with all these extra picks uh, that he's punting on this season, that he's bottoming out on purpose. Um, that he's trying out all these former, you know, first round players who just kind of, you know, muck their way through their careers. And he's saying, hey, this is it. Come over to Detroit. Show me if you got anything left in the tank and we'll, you know, we'll give you a shot. You get to be on TV. You get to be on Fox Sports Net. It's pretty cool. Um, so don't fuck it up. And you're like, all right, this is my last chance. And then you get to go out there and fabric your life, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like. I always think too. Like uh, Eiserman actually used the words uh, during this press conference that he wanted to hold on to players he thought were more marketable, which I loved because I say that all the time. Like uh, people forget all the time that you need a you need a face 
on tickets and on posters and things like that. And that's where the idea of like, uh, you know, you and I talked at length of a, of a Braden Holpe, uh, signing a while back, but, um, to bring that over to coaching, why would you want to bring in a new coach to coach a shitty team that will probably be shitty for three more years? And then you'll be calling for his head because you can't get that team over the hump. Um, I think, I think one of the best examples we had, Mike, was, uh, the 2004 Detroit Pistons and their coaching change just kind of felt like, all right, now you guys can get excited. Like it felt like that's what happened when Larry Brown got signed as, as the head coach of the Pistons. Like it it was just kind of like that. Uh, you, you, you bring on players. Yes, of course. Um, I, obviously Rasheed Wallace was, was a massive acquisition that season. But you bring on the right coach or, or even for the Tigers, you know, I think people would, you could argue the other way for Jim Leyland, but I think that's what that signing was too, was, all right, now we have the team in place. Now we need the guy that gets us that next step. And having the coach that gets you the next step right now gets you from the dog shit level that we are right now to just being competitive in <laughs> that group of teams that are trying to fight for number two worst team in the league right now. Like that's, that's all that would do right now. Right. Um, yeah. th- this team, it really is that bad folks. It's not it, sure. It, it could be a collection of maybe coaching philosophies and bad talent or, uh, you know, not so great talent, but um, you don't, you don't bring in the coach that's going to get you those extra 10 points just to get you to 50, you know, it's, uh, it's silly to me. Okay, Mike, we, we, we have our five points. Um, it is time to play. Who's Every episode. If this is your first, what I do is cherry pick a quote out of head coach, Jeff Flashel. And in this season of low of lows, uh, somehow head coach, Jeff Flashel finds a way to be positive. And what Matt's got to do is figure out who that quote could possibly be about. So, Matt, I, I don't know if this one's really positive, but it made me giggle. And it did come, it did come from head coach Jeff Blaschel. Are you ready? Yeah. Now, as usual, uh, Matt, you know, you get the option to have me read it or you get to hear uh, legendary commentator Paul Woods do a guest spot. And we're not going to disappoint. Legendary commentator Paul Woods, uh, in in house on the mic. Here he comes. He's gonna read this quote. Matt, you ready? Yay! Yeah, go for All it. Right. I've had him in a Hannibal Lecter mask. He's just itching to read this quote for the whole half hour episode. Here we go. Hello, it's uh, Paul Woods, and I'm here to read a quote here about uh, who's that Pokemon. So uh, here we go. All right. It's uh, it's important for a guy who is undersized and not super fast that he plays with that type of intensity. And he makes up for it with ferocity, and he's done a real good job of that. Now, some people would think you're supposed to say ferocity, but Paul Wood said ferocity. So just so we're all on the same page, that's what this quote said. That's how it read. Matt, do you need to hear it one more time? Uh, no, because uh, you, I, I can see it. Um, okay, so... Uh... I don't know, because sometimes you you theme it up, and you go, like, with, (laughs) you go with, like, what happened in the week, and maybe that's what Blashel's talking about, but I just can't imagine that he's already put together this quote, 
and kind of cuts down a guy that's new to his team. So I wanted to cut. I wanted to make sure he was cutting down a guy that was still that's been on his team for a while. But I'm trying to because he's not cutting him down. It's actually a backhanded compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I. I, I did cheat here. I'm, I'm taking a look at anybody <sighs> under six feet. Matthew. And one of the shortest guys on the team. Matt. Has some... Fero- what did, wait, what did you say? How does that I said uh, Pharaoh City. Pharaoh City. Um, <laughs> I got to go with a forward, too. Matt, easy. So I'm going to go Robbie Fabry on this one. And if Matt? it's not, I'm gonna say it's Sam Gagne. If you were going, if you were All theming right, you, it up, you get one guess, not two. I, I put. I said what I said. All right, it was Robbie Fabry. Matt is <laughs> back in the game. Yeah. Where was it? Pokemon. I'm back in it. Back in the Detroit groove. That's it. Back in the Detroit groove. Yeah, it's the you know New York groove song. Uh, I just don't want to sing it too much because then it'll be stuck in my head like it usually is when I hear it once. We could sing that song, though, on the podcast because it's not, you know, we can't get in trouble for making up a new song. That's right. So overall, Matt, uh, trade deadline, would you call that a victory? Yeah, absolutely. I I was actually surprised that uh, I I think when they pick the winners and losers, they usually like to pick the teams that are actually going to play for a cup. (laughs) Right. But uh, I was surprised to see we we wound up on some loser lists. I just, uh, yeah, uh, for me, for me, it was an A. I, I, we got rid of two guys that I thought needed to needed to go, and they um, were they were not staying. That's the hardest thing too is it, you know to get any value out of guys that are certainly not going to be Red Wings next year. Wow! Right. Awesome. All right, A plus, Steve. Keep it up. Can't yep. wait to see who you when you trade away Mantha at the uh, draft. Woo, That'll woo, be fun. Woo, um, again, don't hate. We don't think the problem is Anthony Mantha, but trading him could be part of the solution. I don't know how many times we've got to um, say that. Yeah, but... he's he's hurt all the time. That's part of his value. Sorry. Boom. Roasted. All right, Larkin. Uh, gotta be Keep slow him. soon. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> don't uh, trade Larkin. God damn it. <laughs> Um. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we will see you on a Monday. Bye. Hi, everybody. This is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Find us on Twitter at bodpodcast. And, of course, we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States. The Brothers of Discussion are covering it. So if you you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody